Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Hey, good morning, my friends. Trying a little something different. We're still locked out of our Facebook account, so our Sunday morning coffee with Jim program, which was, we just can't, uh, well, I'm sorry, but we just can't make that go. But, hey, is everybody excited that it is Sunday, that it's time for coffee with Jim, and that we're going to be talking road trips? Thought so. Hey, uh, we're going to be talking road trips, yours, mine, and theirs. That's the, the story for this morning. Good morning, Keith. How are you doing today? Hey, we're going to start this off uh, with early road trips. And we're set up here if anybody would like to call in, or you can just simply input a message, and I will respond this morning. Uh, we'll start out with a great road trip, one of the favor, my favorites, from 1901. And uh, Keith was with us last week down at Mojave Museum of History and Arts. I did a little program about the evolution of the road trip. And at that, on that program, I had mentioned Mr. Winton's ill-fated trip. And, uh, well, let me give you an idea of kind of what they uh, encountered. This is from Scientific American. August 3, 1901, Mr. Charles Shanks was a journalist traveling with Alexander Winton as they attempted the first cross-country trip by automobile. Having been with Mr. Winton on this trip, I saw and experienced things like the like of which automobile drivers in every civilized portion of the North American continent know not of, nor can an active imagination be brought to picture the terrible abuse the machine had to take or the hardships its riders endured enforcing and fighting the way from San Francisco to that point in Nevada where the project was ab abandoned, where Mr. Winton had forced upon him the positive conviction that putting an automobile across the sand hills of the Nevada desert was an utter impossibility under existing conditions. Good morning, Cheyenne. Roadrunner, how are we doing today? Rock roads and deep snow in the high Sierras were encountered and mastered. Streams were forded and washouts passed. Adobe mud into which the machine sank deep and became tightly embedded failed to change the plucky operator's mind about pushing the motor west eastward. Uh, this is like, say, from 1901. This is quite amazing that people would even attempt these kind of trips. Uh, in these years, but not only did they, 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 these trips inspired people to uh, try their own adventures and uh, to take to the roads. And it was kind of the dawning of the American road trip by automobile. Uh, 
Another episode here, he says, Adobe roads when dry and hard hold opportunities for good going when the sponge-like soil is soaked with moisture. When your wheels cut in, spin, slip, slide, the course, your machine is off the road into the swamp ditch, buried to the axles. Then the fun begins. Pull out, block, and tackle, wade around in the mud, get soaked in the skin, and chilled from the effects of the deluge. Make fastenings to the fence or telephone pole and pull. Pull hard. Dig your heels into the mud and exert every effort at command. The machine moves. Your feet slip and down in the mud you go full length. You repeat the process and continue the operation until the machine is free from the ditch and upon the road. Uh, one particular day, Winton and Shank uh, managed to cover about five miles in 14 hours by uh, doing this. Uh, great book I'd like to recommend. This excerpt that I read to you this morning is from a book called Motoring West, Volume 1, Automobile Pioneers, 1900-1909, edited by Peter Blodgett. Tremendous book. It's a compilation of uh, reprinted articles from uh, that years and road trips, attempts to drive cross country or throughout the West. And it was a real interesting era in time. But you know, if we fast forward another dozen years and we go to 1915, <coughs> automobiles had excuse me, <coughs> automobiles had improved dramatically by 1915, but road commission conditions, well, not so much. This is from the Journal of Edsel Ford, Tuesday, June 22nd, 1915, Columbia, Missouri. We had a lunch counter breakfast, changed the rear tube, interviewed by reporters, Bought a few things necessary. Road conditions improved. Crossed Missouri River at Boonville by ferry. The sheared the bolts off the hub of rear wire wheel, which dropped off leaving car in crippled condition. And uh, let me find another. This is uh, on June 24th, uh, the uh, Etzel Ford and his party were in Olathe, Kansas. It says, we spent the entire morning cleaning mud out of the inside of the car and off the tools and equipment. Telephone Kansas City for some uh, trace of Cadillac and Stutz was unsuccessful. What happened is uh, Edsel Ford and his buddies, Edsel, of course, these are all rich kids. Edsel had a brand new Ford, but his buddies were supposed to be traveling with. One had a new Cadillac V8 and the other had a new Stutz that they had picked up in Indianapolis. I left town at noon and ran into mud holes, uh, met cars from Florida, Ohio, and Tennessee, helped each other out of the mud, picked up a tramp who was begging rides across country. What's intriguing here is that he met other cars. It's astounding, but uh, 1915, the Panama Pacific Exposition in San Francisco, more than 20,000 people attended that event from outside the state, and they arrived by automobile. Now, if you'd like to chime in on this, uh, just input a message, and I will. I'll, we can respond to it right here. And we've also got this set up for call-ins. Um, so how many people are fans of road trips? And Charles Corral, to paraphrase, 
the interstate highway was kind of the death knell for the great American road trip. Route 66 has been a ray of sunshine. People have uh, become obsessed with that highway for, for lack of a better term. But Charles Kralt said that the interstate highway was a necessary evil. Now you could, but now you could go from coast to coast and see absolutely nothing. Uh, COVID, the silver lining is it encouraged people to discover or rediscover the road trips. For folks who follow Jim Hinckley's America, you know I'm a real passionate road trip advocate. I know you can get there faster flying, and especially with gas prices, you can get there even cheaper. But where's the fun in that? Uh, half to me, to the great road trip enthusiast, getting there is half the fun. The destination is almost becomes secondary. Uh, does anybody agree that that's uh Now, a little bit of my story to give you, uh, I guess people with any kind of, I've had the sense God gave a shiny brown rock, I'd probably be, uh, despise road trips. My family made our first trip west from Norfolk, Virginia. We picked up Route 66 somewhere around St. Louis, headed out west towards California. 1959, I was, uh, I was, uh, a bit young to remember that and uh but i do have pictures and apparently my pa had gotten a uh, early 1950s chevrolet uh convertible he got it cheap because it had been underwater in a uh hurricane and the car didn't really have much of a top so i guess we sunburned pretty good on that trip and uh the first trip that i can remember we used to spend, uh, at the time, my, my pa was in the Coast Guard in Port Huron, Michigan, and we'd go down to visit family in, uh, my mother's family, in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and North Alabama, around uh, Scottsboro, Sand Mountain, Pisgah, Dutton, Alabama. And I remember those trips south on 127 a lot. We, we, we drove down south. And then our first big epic trip was in the summer of 1966. Paul had thrown a dart at a map. It was Yucca, Arizona. And we headed west. Just like the Grapes of Wrath. My dad had bought a big old uh, advanced design Chevy, uh, 48 to 53 Chevy, uh, COE, cab over truck. Being from Michigan, it was a total rust bucket, but it was a big box truck. We loaded up and headed... Uh, headed for Arizona. And uh, I remember this with clarity, even though I was a kid, it was an epic adventure. Packed in that truck were my two sisters, my mother, myself, my dad, and about 45 miles an hour was a top speed. And we uh, followed Route 66 on a lot of that trip. And for me, it was a grand adventure. Uh, we camped along the road and <coughs> And uh, we, uh, after we, uh, 
after we moved out here to Arizona, then every summer we would go back east. Uh, I spent some of my summers on folks' farms down there in North Alabama and around uh, Mont Eagle, Tennessee. But we would make at least one trip a year east from Arizona into Tennessee, Alabama, north to Michigan to see Pa's family, and then back here. And then uh, my first solo adventure on driving was kind of a, a crazy thing. My pa was one of these people to, that he would, uh, to teach you to swim, he'd throw you out of the boat. And, uh, well, we were driving out. We had taken my uh, my mom and sister out to Arizona. We, were, uh, we lived in Arizona from 66 to 72. Then we moved to Silver City, New Mexico, and then back to Michigan. And in... 76 we moved my mom and sister back out here to arizona i had the chance to stay in michigan uh, or get back out west i was i was hopelessly in love with the great southwest by this time <coughs> and that feeling had been enhanced by spending a few more winters in michigan and uh, bottom line we had a, a truck accident outside of gallup new mexico and uh, my dad took the big truck and he left me behind in Gallup with a 53 Chevy. And uh, I had to drive it to Kingman. It was winter. We got to Kingman Christmas Eve day, 1976. And uh, that was my first big uh, solo adventure. And Well, since then, uh, I learned pretty much to drive on Route 66, but then I, I drove trucks for a while uh, from Kingman. My main run was from Kingman to Oklahoma City or Wichita, Kansas, which uh, was, uh, I at that time, it was I-40 and Route 66. They were still blended. And uh, if I went to Wichita, I'd drive to uh, Tucumcari and then up 54 to Wichita. And, uh, well, I just became enamored with the road life, and I still am. Uh, with COVID, I did the least amount of traveling the last two years of any time in my life since 1959. And uh, 2020, all of my, my, my travels were one trip to Seligman, 90 miles, and one trip to Needles, California. And uh, last year, a few local trips, Peach Springs, Needles, things of that nature, and then one trip to uh, Prescott and uh, down to Cave Creek. Uh, one reason I'm going to be doing some programs and talking more and more about road trips, Kingman, Arizona this year, May 27th, uh, the National Road Trip Day Proclamation is going to be in Kingman. And there's going to be a great block party uh, to go along with the proclamation. And we uh, are working on a Route 66 cruise up to Seligman, Arizona on Saturday with some special events. And I sure hope you can join us for that. It should be really great kickoff for a road trip season. 
Uh, I get asked a lot, Route 66. Well, Route 66 has been an integral part of my life since 1959. And I often joke about this, but you can cue the Twilight Zone music at uh, uh, any time. And, uh, but I have an interest in all two-lane highways. For one of my one highway that's intrigued me for a long time, and feel free to chime in if you have any information. But US six, US six was one of the original highways, uh, nineteen twenty six. It was the Grand Army of the Republic Highway, and it uh, went from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, into Pennsylvania. And over the next ten years, they kept extending the western terminus. And then at one point. Uh, it went all the way to Long Beach, California. And as far as I know, it's the only U.S. highway that runs east and west and north and south. In the mid-1960s, they truncated U.S. 6 at Bishop, California. And uh, it's still about 90-some percent intact, but it's an odd highway. It's the the uh, highest U.S. highway. It goes over Lovely Pass. The Eisenhower Tunnel on I-70 cuts through the mountain and US-6 goes over the top. Now, I've traveled a lot of US-6 in Nevada and Utah. I've covered it in Colorado and uh, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, and some in Ohio. But I've never been east on US-6. Has anybody else been east? on US-6 by chance. Uh, the US-6, one thing, a great uh, attraction in Nebraska on US-6 is in Minden. To me, it's one of the greatest museum complexes in the country. And because it's kind of remote, surrounded by cornfields down in Minden, Nebraska, Harold Warp's Pioneer Village. You might take a look at that online. It's... Uh, God, just an amazing, diverse, eclectic museum that I just can't say enough about. Uh, this next week, I'm going to do another Route 66 adventure. Anybody who's in the neighborhood, sure like to see you. I'm going to be in Oatman up at Jackass Junction next week from 1 to 3. I'll probably go up a little early and look for some lunch. And uh, it's an open invitation to anybody who'd like to Come on up to Oatman, <coughs> and uh, we can see you up there. Now, uh, as far as Facebook goes and doing these programs, we're going to probably have to either rebuild the account, which I'm not really happy about. Call me stubborn, but I, I really can't see why to invest that amount of time. I have established another James Hinckley Facebook page but it still does not provide me access to Jim Hinckley's America. And we have over 7,000 followers that I'm cut off from on there. I'm able to make posts on Instagram, but I can't respond to comments or access Messenger. So for live programs, face-to-face, -face, where we can actually see each other and talk and I can make presentations, we're going to have to go with Eventbrite. Uh, it's a little more complicated. But it's, if I can figure this out, almost anybody can. 
And there is going to be a cost involved, but we'll keep it to a minimal. And we'll probably just do that once a month. And we'll do road trip centered programs and probably be $5, something of that nature. Now, back to historic road trips. I'm going to give you, I, I mentioned a book, Motoring West Automobile Pioneers, 1900 to 1909. Oh, another book that's available now for reprint on, you can order it through Amazon.com, is By Motor to the Golden Gate by Emily Post. It was originally published in 1916, and it's about uh, Emily Post's grand adventure from New York to California. It's a really intriguing book. It gives a great snapshot of life on the road in this period. Uh, some other great road trip books that I'd like to recommend is uh, Roadside History of Arizona by Marshall Trimble. Uh, this book will inspire a lot of travel in the state of Arizona. Got a couple questions here that were sent to me. I would like to address now. Uh, Route 66. Okay. You got two things. If you, Route 66, the most amazing thing about the highway, and I've said this often, is it does not exist. It hasn't officially existed since 1985. And so it's all either truncated or it's county roads, state highways, things of that nature. And, of course, the road was realigned several times. So you want a copy of Jerry McClanahan's Easy 66 Guide for Travelers and a subscription to Route 66 Navigation app. That's Route66Navigation.com. Those are the best choices for uh, ensuring you get the most of your Route 66 adventure. Hey, before we finish this up, I want to give a shout out to a couple folks here. And this is all road trip related. The Uranus Fudge Company and General Store, they're opening a new location in Anderson, Indiana. Their original location is on Highway Z, as in Zebra, which is uh, Route 66 in near St. Robert, Missouri. I can't say enough about the Uranus Fudge Company and General Store. Good fudge and lots of fun. Circus Sideshow Museum, Miniature Golf, just a, just an absolute hoot. Nearby in Cuba, Missouri, of course, we have the Wagon Wheel Motel. It's the oldest continuously operated motel on Route 66. And Connie Eccles and her team just exude uh, the very essence of the Route 66 experience. It's uh, tremendous. And I always suggest this. This is the best way to, to, to uh, start a day, a Route 66 adventure. Uh, ask Connie to put on some coffee in the morning before you leave and run down to the Cuba Bakery in Delhi, pick up some goodies, and just sit in the lobby and visit with guests as they check out. It'll really put you in a mood for a Route 66 adventure. And, uh, of course, we have Route Trip USA. If you're not comfortable planning a trip yourself or you want something really special, uh, give give Stephen and uh, his wife and his team a holler at Route Trip USA. These guys are real specialists in Route 66, uh, two-lane highways in the United States and Canada. And like us here at Jim Hinckley's America, 
they taste the enchiladas, they test the pillows, and they make sure everything's good. They'll get you. And we also want to give a shout out to one of our great destinations, not just for Route 66 travelers, but if you're looking for someplace unique and special to, to kind of get away for a couple days, Tucumcari, New Mexico. You know, the town has, uh, it got hit hard. A lot of economic problems the last 30 years. And do not judge a book by its cover. If you roll into town from the west headed east, you're going to think you've entered the set for an apocalyptic movie. A couple burned out motels, abandoned truck stop. Don't let that deter you. This is a, uh, a vibrant, dynamic community. Lots and lots of surprises. The old historic district downtown, the uh, depot is a great museum. Connie, Connie there with the uh, Tucumcari Main Street program. At the convention center is a is a incredible New Mexico Route 66 museum. The Mesa Lands Community Dinosaur College Dinosaur Museum. I was so shocked by this museum. It is Smithsonian quality in miniature. And I did not expect that to find something like that in Tucumcari. And of course, you had the time capsule motels. David Brenner's done an incredible job renovating the long abandoned Roadrunner Lodge Motel. Created a 1964 time capsule kind of wrapped with modern amenities. A lot of fun there. And the, the neon lit Blue Swallow Motel. Man, that's a probably one of the most photographed locations on Route 66. And then just about across the road is the 1959 Motel Safari. Well, uh, renovated, clean, nice. There, There is a caveat, especially with the Blue Swallow. Even though the motel's been renovated, it's clean and it's nice. It is not the Holiday Inn Express. It's not the Marriott. So, if you really want those kind of properties, you're not going to be happy with the Blue Swallow. But if you want something uh, memorable, special, little time capsule, well, you need to check out the Blue Swallow Motel. Well, that half hour went pretty fast, my friends. I thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be probably having to do this uh on sunday mornings invite your friends we're going to do coffee with jim here on podbean and during the week monday wednesday and friday we have a short 10 minute uh, wake up with jim program that we're doing and uh every week we're going to have a different theme for the programs uh you can find the programs archived here on our podbean channel <coughs> Last week, we profi profiled communities like Ash Fork, Tucumcari. Well, we're going to take a walk on the dark side of Route 66 this uh, coming week. That would be our theme. And we are going to uh, talk some true crime stories. Tomorrow morning on Wake Up With Jim at 6.30 Mountain Standard Time, we're going to talk about the Young Brothers Massacre. This took place on a rural farm in uh, Missouri, just south of Route 66. And until 
this was the largest loss of law enforcement officers in a single incident. It's quite an amazing story, uh, kind of dark. Uh, on Wednesday, we'll be talking about cockeyed Billy Cook. Uh, yeah. A very troubled young man that doesn't, just had a horrible, horrible childhood, does not justify his murderous rampage along Highway 66. Very dark story, but his story became fodder for uh, a 1953 movie developed by Ida Lupino called The Hitchhiker. And then we're on Friday, we're going to be talking about Mr. Eggers, a uh, fellow who decided to expedite his divorce by murdering his wife. And uh, it's another Route 66 story. So this week on Wake Up With Jim, 6.30 Mountain Standard Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we will be walking on the dark side of Route 66. So, hey, first of all, how did everybody like the program? And uh, number two, what would you like to talk about next week? What do you think we should talk about? Drop me a message. Uh, and, oh, I one more. Drop me a message uh, through Podbean or email. Uh, I will post this by Wednesday, what we're going to have next Sunday. And... Uh, Become a follower, since I cannot use Facebook, become a follower of our website, uh, Jim Hinckley's America. We are working to revamp the website as fast as we can. We're going to have a uh, page for each of the eight Route 66 states. The home page will have a uh, complete schedule of Jim Hinckley's appearances. We will have uh, reviews of books. We're going to have uh, podcast program schedules all on our Facebook page, as well as book ordering information, uh, information about Root Trip USA, uh, Route 66 News, and of course, our blog that is written twice a week. Uh, so that's where we're at right now. Is there any questions I can answer for you? Uh, we're set up for call-in or messages. And if we don't have anything, you know, I want to... I would like to thank everybody who joined us this morning. I hope, uh, well, we have to learn to be flexible, don't we? When, when uh, things don't work one way, we try doing it another way. I'm just always glad that we can get together on Sunday mornings, and I've missed it immensely. Uh, this is, And, uh, well, if we have no questions, I guess we're going to let Joe and the road crew inspire a little bit of a road trip take a listen to their music at uh, roadcrew66.com say hello to a new friend on an old road take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown Come along for the ride Jim Hinckley's America Jim Hinckley's America 
Well, that's it, my friends. It's 732. Uh, stay tuned. Also, you might want to check out our YouTube channel. We're going to be getting some uh, live videos up. And I did get the video up from last week's presentation at the Mojave Museum of History and Arts. So if you missed the program live at the museum last week, you can see it in its entirety on our YouTube channel. Well, uh, next week, Coffee with Jim, 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. And tomorrow morning, 7.30, it's Wake Up with Jim. We'll be talking about uh, the Young Brothers Massacre. Take care, my friends. Vaya con Dios. Adios.